0: We want to share a good friend's podcast with you this week. Enjoy the truth with Lisa Booth in the Clay and Buck podcast network. There are images going around recently of a foreign flag planted in Texas soil. That doesn't paint the picture about what's going on at the southern border right now. I don't know what does. You know, a nation is defined by its borders. Do we have any? Anymore. We're seeing, you know, August set a new record, according to data from U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Overall, three hundred and four thousand people detained by Border Patrol at various locations around the nation. Two hundred and thirty three thousand illegal immigrants entered through the southern border. So we're seeing record numbers under Joe Biden. And, And why wouldn't you? I mean, even from the beginning, Joe Biden sent the message, hey, green light come to the United States of America, so much so that Secretary Mayorkas back in 2021 said that coming here illegally is not grounds for deportation. So we've sent the message. Message is received. And now what? We'll talk to one mayor, Mayor Dr. Victor Trevino. He is the mayor of Laredo, Texas. Uh, It's a city in Webb County, Texas, on the north bank of the Rio Grande in south Texas, uh, across from Mexico, So we'll talk to him about how Laredo has been impacted. I know that they have been part of the busing of illegal immigrants to New York City. We'll talk about that a little bit as well. We'll get his perspective on all of this. So stay tuned for Mayor Victor Trevino. Mayor Trevino, uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you guys have your hands full with everything that's happening at the southern border right now. So appreciate you making the time for the show.
1: Yes, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we're glad to do it.
0: So you were born and raised in Laredo, Texas. Uh, first of all, tell us a little bit about Laredo and then just talk about, you know, what you've seen from there with everything that's been going on at the southern border.
1: Yeah, it was uh, Laredo was founded in 1755. Uh, I'm a 10th generation descendant of first mayor, Tomas Sanchez, uh, and 85th, 85th mayor for the uh, city of Laredo. Uh, so... I have, I've been born and raised here and have been all my life here. I know what the dynamics are here, the reality of what we live here. We're medically underserved and uh, we are a community that's 150 miles away from any major city, except our border city. We have immigration issues here. This is a way of life for us. I mean, here at the border, we, we see that every day. Uh, and because of this, we have to we have to deal that we're the number one largest port in the United States and we share workforce. So the dynamics here are very different than anywhere else. We're also challenged to have a uh, an area that uh, gets about uh, at least 50% of every, all the product coming from Mexico pass through Laredo, Texas. And um, this is significant. Our way of life is a very uh, impacted because we also have about 15,000 trailers, truck trailers, passed through the border back and forth every single day through our World Trade bridges and other bridges. So this impacts us. And we have the responsibility of, of keeping border security in check. And that is very crucial. We have, we are the one of the safest cities in the United States because of our, of our uh, law enforcement. But we are challenged with that at a local level. We sometimes have to deal with federal problems uh, in a local fashion. And sometimes we don't have the resources for that infrastructure, one of them, security and a lot of other issues that become local issues that that should be federal issues. So when that comes about, we have to bring it out and say, like the, the migrant crisis, we need federal support to deal with that. And the government shutdowns do not help border security. And this can impact also our processing ability because we get migrants that are shipped from other border cities to Laredo, Texas for processing. And if we don't have federal agents to do that, then that'll cause an overwhelming difficulty. So all these things are important. Of course, uh, the commerce cannot stop either. 17,000, to 17,000 trailers a day, they've... If we have no agents to process, can you imagine the the bottlenecking that will cause and the lack of supply chain? So all these things are important.
0: They're all important, um, but we haven't really seen numbers like these with the amount of encounters we're seeing at the southern border, the amount of people who have come into the United States over the past few months under this administration. We haven't seen numbers like this. So, I mean, you know, we're talking about over 11,000 migrant encounters at the southern border in a 24-hour period of time. So, I mean, what impact has that had on Laredo? I mean, what what impact has that had on resources in your city, on safety in your city, on maintaining that law and order that you strive to maintain?
1: Yes, uh, this is something we have to be very cognizant on. And if they're not processed, they will accumulate. And then they'll be on our streets and in our, in our cities. and Uh, sleeping in the streets. We haven't seen that yet because of the processing. Now, we're we're able to deal with about a thousand migrants to be processed here in our our city. But more than that, it would be overwhelming. And of course, we receive from all the border cities, we receive the majority of them to be processed here. Uh, But we have not seen anything that would be uh, devastating to the result that would be people sleeping in the streets or walking the streets or Having those uh, humanitarian situations because of how we deal with the migrants. Now, these are things that we have to, to, to be challenged at a local level, like I said. And these are federal issues.
0: Have you been in touch with mayors of, you know, Eagle Pass, for instance, uh, who are, you know, sort of bearing the brunt of the incoming a little bit more?
1: Yes, uh, definitely. We had a a uh, conference in uh, in the valley in McAllen. It was a um, an advisory uh, committee that we have on the border border cities. We share ideas. We share what, what has happened to us. We share all the, all the challenges that we have. And we try to be on the same page because the border is one entity that we have the same common things that affect us. So we have to be on the same page. And, and it behooves us to be together on the same uh, line of thinking as to what we're going to do when we have surges. And as it is right now, Laredo's a processing center receiving migrants from other places to be processed. Processed. So these things are things that we do at the local level. And I think uh, this is something that, uh, uh, that's, that was uh, done before. We nevertheless have to think of emergency declarations whenever we don't have the federal uh, agents to help us with, with a crisis. So if that comes about, I'll have to do it. Um, Mayor Salinas of Eagle Pass, Texas, has been dealing with these situations. And we have talked to him in regards to uh, the situation he has there. And with the, with these uh, border, um, some border um, conferences, we're able to find out to what degree we're impacted at different levels. And uh, we're all together in this way. And we want to help whoever is in need by getting migrants shipped over here also, that would be a good thing to do. So um, the next thing is that, um, if no deal is is reached at the federal level. Uh, we can follow with a suit.
0: Is there a hesitancy, um, you know, because obviously I would assume, you know, the mayors that, you know, you and, and others dealing with the brunt of this or at least, you know, close to the southern border you know, there is a desire for resources, there is a desire for the federal government to continue helping out. So is there kind of a fear that if, you know, this administration is called out to directly for their failures at the southern border and their failure to protect the border and the the drastic increase we've seen under Biden that we, we didn't see under the previous administration, uh, is there, you know, a little bit of a fear of retribution or those resources drying up or, or maybe that do they stop being helpful?
1: Actually, that is not on the top of the list because uh, the federal government is responsible for federal security of the borders and they have to do it. We can only uh, ask for whatever we need at a local level. And one of the things that uh, is reimbursement because we need funding t- to help with these issues and if we don't have the, the funding, then we'll activate the Emergency um, Operations Center to to activate our police, our fire, our medical, and everything that would be activated in an emergency situation. But we don't want to go there. We want to see if the, the government will help, and they should help. But if there's a shutdown, that, that'll just uh, disrupt everything. And at the end of the day, it's not fair for local communities to pay the price of Federal relations at a local level,
0: the federal government, you know, obviously the state's going to want resources. And then also, you know, there's NGOs that are taking money from the federal government as well, which which you guys probably work with, too. Correct.
1: Yes. So uh, we have non-governmental entities that take the migrants and uh, Catholic charities that take the migrants. Also, they get funding, some funding from the federal government. But if that funding doesn't come, if the government is shut, well, there'll be no no funding. And then that'll cost. The disruption.
0: The big challenge that I I see is, you know, I hear a lot of things like processing as opposed to border security. I mean, how many people do we do we let into the United States? And and part of the challenge is these NGOs work with people trying to come here, encouraging them, coaching them, how to you know go through the asylum process, and and these sorts of things like the loopholes that we have in this country. And I think what a lot of Americans want to hear more of it is not the processing, but stopping it from happening. We already see, you know, I mean, look at New York City has been brought to its knees with just, you know, 100,000 migrants that have come there in, in a city of nine million. Right. So let alone what's happening in the rest of the country or particularly a state like yours in Texas. So I think what a lot of us want to be hearing is not processing, but stopping this, you know, border security, is shutting it down, like maintaining law and order. And then we examine as a country what's next.
1: Border security, I just said, is number one. The thing is that uh, one of the things that uh, that the processing centers do is they weed out people that have like bad backgrounds and people that are already crossing here, they're here. You just can't leave them in the street. Uh, We live this every day. We can't have commerce without border security. They go hand in hand. I think immigration reform is something that's needed And people can uh, can solicit their their asylum status in their countries and or some somebody from the United States can be there taking applications instead of the people having to cross hundreds of miles through treacherous countries, through dangerous situations, cartels and and all the things they suffer through. And then they cross the river and some drown. There was a little four year old child that drowned a couple of days ago. From migrant people, I mean, these are humanitarian things that are not right. We're the beacon of humanity here. We need to fix our immigration system. We need to fix our security, and everything has to be reformed. So all those things, we live here every day. We know what's going on.
0: Well, and I'm, I'm glad you, you pointed that out because you know the the past administration, whatever people think of you know Trump, but he was painted as inhumane by the media and everyone else, and, and his handling of the border. But what's happening now is not humane. You know, to your to your point, I mean. So many people are dying on the journey. It's very dangerous. You've got cartels, as as you pointed out. So this isn't humane or or even the living conditions once people arrive here. I mean, none of this is humane and it's very concerning. Yet we're sending a message, I believe, of encouraging people to continue in the way that we're handling this. And so where's the humanity in that?
1: Yeah, the end result is, uh, as you say, there's a lot of things that are not right. It's, It's inhumane. A lot of people are suffering. These are human beings, children. Uh, put myself in that situation. If i had my child walk hundreds of miles, a four-year-old child, and then drown in the river. That's not right. So I've always pointed out immigration reform is what we need to do. And that encompasses taking care of us, this humanitarian uh, situations, and also making the reform to be legal and to be adequate like it's been forever. All countries have immigration situations. The U.S. has founded on, on migrants. So we need to go back to some kind of, of system that would help the, the, uh, the process to be good again. But at this point, immigration reform is number one.
0: We'll take a quick commercial break. More with Mayor Trevino on the other side. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. Folks say this new solar generator from Four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa. Have you seen an increase in in cartel activity?
1: Uh, That's something that happens uh, all the time across the border. And uh, cartel activity has always been there. They've always done their thing. They've always done their drug movement, uh, you know, whatever they do. But the thing is that we have a culture here in the U.S. that is the consumer. And as long as there's a consumer, there's the provider. So these things have to be looked at in a, in a twofold way. It's a binational thing we have to do. We just can't say, oh, it's them doing the drugs and bringing them over. It's us that are, are consuming it. So we have to educate our youth to not use the drugs. I mean, we're just stimulating people to bring them on. So as long as that happens, it's a twofold situation, a twofold problem.
0: Has Laredo been impacted, uh, you know, to your point with the, the consumption as well? You know, I, I hear you on that and that makes sense. Um Have you seen, you know, struggles in Laredo and and in Texas with the the fentanyl crisis that we've seen since you guys are just so close to it?
1: Actually, we've seen this in the rest of the country more than Laredo. Actually, I have a conference in New York, uh, October the 1st, with with the mayor of New York and mayors uh, regarding the fentanyl crisis and regarding uh, the fentanyl deaths that we've seen. So. They invited me to go to New York to to put my my perspective and put out the reality of what things are here in the border and how it impacts the rest of the country, and just what I said here it has to do with education and also with enforcement. Two things have to be done. It's just not one thing where they're killing our kids or killing our citizens. I mean, come on! And who's consuming it? We have to educate our public. So we have to deal with those. We have to form a um, a uh, kind of system, a perspective to work with um, a binational situation so we can deal with this. It's just not one area that has to stop. And we have to look this in a a, a global fashion because it's affecting not only two countries, but I think it's all over the world.
0: You know, yeah. And I think on the fentanyl crisis, I mean, just so many people are dying from it that, you know, I I think dealing with immigration is a little trickier just because, you know, there are diverging views in the Democrat Party on how to deal with immigrations. There is diverging views in, within the Republican Party, you know, and then and then so there's there's just a, a lot of, uh, you know, conflicting views on and the best approach forward. But the, the fentanyl issue, we, we really do need a, to figure out a, a way to to move forward on that to to protect our citizens. You know, earlier on in, in this administration, you know, Joe Biden halted deportations for, for 100 days, uh, you know, getting rid of remain in Mexico. Secretary Mayurkas said back in even 2021 that coming here illegally is not grounds for deportation. So so all of these, in my opinion, are, are green lights, right? It's saying, hey, you can come here. And that message was received. I mean, what what kind of message do you think has been sent to people? And it's not even just in you know the Northern Triangle countries or, or Mexico. It's it's really all around the world. We're saying we're, we're seeing people come in from Haiti, remain, you know, everywhere, uh, so what sort of message do you think we have sent the rest of the world here?
1: Yeah, you're right. We can't encourage this behavior. We have to streamline the process. And the majority of the migrants coming to our, our border, our southern border, are not from Mexico. They're from South America and, and other countries. So we have to look at those dynamics also. What are we doing that we're encouraging people to come? The The, the system has to be streamlined, has to be um, renewed or or revitalized or remade because as it's as it's going, maybe some green lights are going on that we're encouraging this type of situation. But all of this reform has to be done sooner, not later, because this is going to continue and it's not fair for us to be receiving all those people in those conditions. It's not fair for the migrants either. So we have to to talk about that and do it in a legal way and so they can do legal immigration that's been done all the time and all, all the
0: previous times. Quick break. Stay with us. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. You could be one of them. Sitting in the dark and cold for hours, for days, maybe even weeks. Are you ready to protect your family? You could be. With the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X, folks say this new solar generator from four Patriots is worth its weight in gold. Why? Because this generator has double the capacity and is expandable so you can run the big appliances like your fridge even longer. Or other devices like an electric blanket, microwave, RV air conditioner, or even an electric wheelchair. You also get 12 outlets, including four AC outlets so you can power more devices at once. And two USB-C outlets, which can charge your phone 20 times faster than a regular plug. Best of all, this new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans trust Patriot power generators. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. Go to 4Patriots.com Lisa. my heart breaks for uh, Border Patrol and, you know, for, for the people who are tasked with, you know, really an impossible situation with these numbers of trying to maintain order, of trying to keep us safe here in the United States. Uh, it's just really an impossible task in front of them. You know, what kind of conversations have you had with Border Patrol and, and you know, kind of what are you hearing from from that perspective?
1: Yes. And we do, we do talk to them every day. And, you know, they're they're more in line with looking at the humanitarian crisis because the migrants are not the criminals the cartels are the other people are the criminals that that utilize them it the usually the the migrants are families their children and they're not the, the people that are are into crime but they see situations that become humanitarian efforts that they have to deal with like rescuing people from drowning um they are they're tied to that i mean that's that's what they do they they they're tied not only to security but they're 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 tied to what they do now people that come over also are lied to they're lied to by by extortionists or cartels and they take their money and they 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 told that they will cross and at the end of the day they come here and the situation is, is even worse for them.
0: I know some areas uh you know like Eagle Pass they're they're overrun with trying to to house people and the various facilities. Uh what's the situation in Laredo in, in terms of trying to to house people who have come here?
1: Uh, to this point uh we don't have a normal overwhelming situation on the streets because uh, they're processed and the people that are here they they're bust out to different places. And that's where New York is ending up with some, some people over there. But uh, they're housed here in uh, a holding institute that we called and Catholic Charities. Uh, they're processed about a thousand a day. So here in Laredo, we don't see people all over the place running the streets and everything. They come in. They're very orderly. They, they put them in the NGOs. And after that... They go to whatever that destination is after they're processed by CBP.
0: Okay, so there's busing then that's taking place. What do you make of New York City being overrun by 100,000 migrants in a city of nine million when places like Eagle Pass or or other places in Texas are are just getting crushed? Uh, What do you make of the fact that New York City is already at the brink?
1: It's uh. Not fair for either city. It's not fair for the cities that have to deal with all this burden. And the migrants will go to wherever they think that there's job available. And the irony of everything, there's a lack of workforce in the United States after COVID. And the irony is all these people that want to work, all they come for is work, but they're not doing in a legal way. So that's why it is crucial for the reform to happen. So it's not fair for anybody at this point, the way it's functioning.
0: No, I, I hear you. I, I think I also worry, though, what what that does to the workforce here in the United States, ah uh, people who are born here as well. You know, I think oftentimes the the conversation, obviously, there's a humanitarian lens of people trying to come here. My heart does break for them. But my heart also breaks for Americans who you know, are having resources shifted to people who came here illegally, broke the law on coming here, uh, and those resources aren't going towards you know americans who who were were born here, so um or who came here legally. so, you know, I, I, I there's different sides of the conversation, sir, but I certainly appreciate you bringing yours and, and taking the time to to join the show and, and telling us what's going on with Laredo and and everything that you've been dealing with. So um, I'm very appreciative of your time, sir.
1: All right. Glad to do it. Anytime. Just give
0: me a call. Thank you, sir. Take care.